Hello, I am Yogini Sunita and this is Meditation, Yoga and Stuff podcast. I believe my dharma or my life's purpose is to share my understanding of meditation, yoga and Ayurveda, holistic healing science of India. I make these amazing wisdoms accessible and adaptable for present times. So let's start. Welcome everyone to the podcast. Really appreciate you being here. Today I'm going to talk about the deities, the gods and goddesses, or we can say divine masculine and divine feminine in the wisdom of yoga and tantra. And I'm going to talk a little bit about how it can be maybe a little bit confusing, especially yoga teachers. When I teach yoga teacher training, there are a lot of questions about, say, for example, Shiva and and trying to wrap the head around um, all the deities, Shiva, Ganesha. And I'm going to talk a little bit about how they are relevant to the wisdom of yoga. So if you are yoga practitioner, meditation practitioner, using the yogic traditions, Ayurveda practitioner, using these traditions, all these podcasts is going to be very beneficial. Or if you're just curious about what are these deities all about, and there's so many of them. So the understanding from yogic point of view is there are we unique fingerprint of divine. And our experiences comes into our meditation as well. So experiences, our mental impressions are our sanskaras. And these sanskaras are very slowly and steadily we can unfold. So what is sanskaras? Say if we go through an experience and we not necessarily record in our system or in our memory, the way it is. We also have stories attached to it, you know. So this is how we remember the stuff and we react with this impression, mental impression. So this is what sanskara is. I have done a podcast on sanskara. So go back and listen to that if you want to understand the sanskaras a little bit in detail. So sanskaras as the mental impressions is when we start meditating, we start slowly unfolding. Also, when we are into the meditation, we, as I mentioned that we are unique fingerprint of divine and we, we have the divine within us. So these are the concepts of yoga philosophy. So Ishwara Pranidhan. So what is Ishwar? Ishwar means divine, whatever you find, you know, you connect as with as a divine. Now, this Ishwara Pranidhan, when you're sitting in meditation, there are many forms of meditation. There are many mental impressions we have. So we are very unique in a lot of sense. So our meditation experience is going to be unique as well. And the divine we are experiencing is going to be unique as well. So this is what the concept uh, from yoga point of view, the wisdom of yoga philosophy tells us that. That's why there are so many paths in yoga philosophy and there are also so many deities. So now how you experience divine? And a lot of time we try to give our understanding or imagination to that as well. And we start connecting 
maybe the divine also had two hands, two feet, two legs, you know, the human figure kind of thing. And that's what you will find that a lot of traditions have, uh, religious traditions have similar concept, you know, what we call it divine looks almost like human being. Now, sometimes in a yoga philosophy, you will see the concepts of eight hands, 10 hands, things like that. You will see that, you know, uh, four heads. What, this is all symbolism. Now we're talking about the symbolism here. So let's take an example of the Shiva. What is Shiva? So when person start learning with yoga philosophy, uh, sitting outside of understanding what this philosophy is, it can be initially very confusing because there are two, three concepts comes under the Shiva. So Shiva comes like Shiva Shakti is the tantric tradition where Shiva is the, the stillness, the consciousness and Shakti is its creative, creative form. So Shiva and Shakti is basically two sides of the coin. And Shiva is the stillness and the Shakti is the energy of Shiva which make things happen. Now, this is one concept. Then you also come across the three deities, Brahma, Vishnu and Mahesh. Now, Mahesh is also known as Shiva. So what is that all about? So this is where the three murti or three form of the divine. And here we can see the concept of uh, sattva rajas tamas and these are the three gunas or three qualities of the universe so here the the form is brahma is the pure form rajas is a happening form which is vishnu or creator and then uh, shiva here is the destroyer so now i can see that this concept depending on where and which context we are using Shiva, the meaning changes. And if we are using meditation practices like and mantra with that, like Om Namah Shivai, so we are connecting with either or, whichever, either from the Trimurti or the Brahma Vishnu Mahesha or from the Sattva Rajas Tamas, or we are connecting with the, the consciousness or the stillness or the consciousness where this universe has come into the form. It's such a beautiful energy. If you start meditating on this divine masculine energy, now this energy is called masculine energy. The Shiva is masculine energy and Shakti is feminine energy. Shakti, Parvati, there are many names for, to these feminine energy. It really doesn't matter what you call it, you know. What matters is what are you meditating on? And then if you go into detail, like Shiva is sometimes has more than one, uh, like more than two hands, you will see that there is a third eye and the representation of all this is very, very profound. So once you start meditating, say if you want to meditate or if you feel calling for, for example, Shiva, then the divineness of these deities will start unfolding and connection of Sanskrit mantras and these deities. The Sanskrit mantras are basically form of these deities. So they are very sacred. The Sanskrit, Sanskrit language is very sacred language. 
So when we are meditating with the Sanskrit mantras and invoking the divine energy of these deity, we can really go deeper into our meditation. And that's why there are these deities. Now I'm going to give example of Ganesha. Ganesha or Ganpati is uh, very fond by children because it's uh, Ganesha's form. So what does Ganesha represent? Ganesha represents, uh, Ganesha is considered removal of obstacles. Ganesha is also creator of obstacle. And that's why we need to be humble to connect with this deity. Now, Ganesha has an elephant head. What does this represent? This represents intelligence. Elephant never forgets anything. So that means elephant is very intelligent. It has a really good memory. Now, form of Ganesha is very big. So what does that represent? So Ganesha, even though he is big, Ganesha rides on mouse. So here we connect with two things, bigness or vastness of Ganesha and uh, tininess or smallness of mouse. But these two are going hand in hand. And sometimes the symbolism here is that this vastness of Ganesha is carried by mouse. So in this nature or in this universe, nothing is big or small, just looking at the size. So that's what the symbolism is about. There is a lot of symbolism even in Shiva and Ganesha, but I'm going to stay here. We'll do a detailed podcast on each deity soon. So Ganesha, so we are talking about this form and what this form represents. So Ganesha is considered deity of, in some tradition it is, uh, Ganesha is considered deity of Muladhara, which is the root chakra. In chakra system, there are seven chakras which are considered very important because a lot of energy channels meet there and they create reservoir of uh, almost like a circular form of energy. And this root chakra is at the base of our spine. So Ganesha is a deity of root chakra. So now let's look at the form of Ganesha. Ganesha is, uh, there is a bigness, vastness, heaviness to it. And what it represents is we need grounding. We need grounding to begin any practice. So for before you start any project, you uh, uh, we invoke Ganesha. And invoking of Ganesha removes the obstacle. It also gives us grounding. When our foundation is strong, then we can do anything. So foundation, the Ganesha is deity of foundation, we can call it. And also Ganesha loves sweets. And the sweets are usually made out of milk, ghee, something like that. So you will see that it is also uh, from the Ayurvedic point of view, this is a representation of love and compassion. It doesn't mean that we hog the sweets. It means just taking that tiny taste of the sweetness to start with our project. So when we are starting anything in our life, there is a stress attached to that. What if we calm down? What if we invoke deity like Ganesha who can give us grounding, who can remove the obstacles? And then in their name, what if we start with the sweetness? 
So that's what this is all representing here as Ganesha, as a Mooladhara deity. Now I'm going to move towards goddess energy. So Shakti or the goddesses can be represent, sometimes you'll hear Durga. Now Durga is a mother goddess of all the goddesses. Through Durga, the all the forms of goddesses have come and she created it when divine masculine energy was facing a lot of chaos in this universe. And so they went to the goddess and said, please help us. And so so Durga decided to help the the universe at that time. And she created many forms of goddesses. So she's a mother energy. And Durga, you will notice that if you've seen the image of Durga, she's riding either lion or tiger. She is very powerful. At the same time, she's very compassionate. So imagine a mother, if someone tries to maybe misbehave with the child, the mother have this Kali or this strong energy where she will, you know, take this form where she is really ready to protect the child. And that's the energy of the Kali goddess where she is ready to fight anyone for her family, for her child. Then we look at the divine form where Durga is fighting the war and she is at the same time she is compassionate. So finding that two sides together within us, you know, sometimes we have to find the war. We have to fight our fights and it could be inner demon. It could be something which is not serving us. And we have to have that strength of Durga within us. So that's what Durga represents. Now let's look at goddess Saraswati. She represents wisdom of the universe and the music and creativity. And you will see that the goddess is very calming, very uh, looking at her just centers our awareness, you know. She is a very beautiful energy. All these goddesses have very beautiful energy around it. What does it mean that also that we all have divine masculine and divine feminine energy within us? So when we hear the calling for particular deity, it could be masculine or could be divine form, a divine feminine form, doesn't matter. You know, what matters is listening to that calling and then meditating on that. And you will notice that you can go really deep, including Sanskrit mantra into your meditation in relation to the deity. You can go really deep into your meditation. And that's the beauty of these deities and how to bring them into meditation. So there are many ways we can bring in. The only thing I would suggest is correct pronunciation of mantras is very important. I have created a course on Sanskrit mantras and how to pronounce that. Or feel free to communicate with me through email on my website, sunitayoga.com. And book a mentoring session. I'm happy to help you on the journey of your meditation journey and I can guide you through that. So let's come back to our, say, for example, how can we bring in these uh, deities into our meditation practice or into our life? 
sometimes when we have calling or when we want to bring in or work on something, connect with this deity. Uh, there are many ways to do it. You can have a, a statue of the deity in your house. You can have image in a frame. You can have what you call it yantra. Yantra is a geometric representation of the deity. It's a sacred geometry which is in the form of mandala, which is called yantra in Sanskrit. And the yantra can also meditating on that form is also very powerful. And another way is to use the Sanskrit mantras and meditate on that. So these are the different ways we can meditate on that. Now, if you are curious, if you want to know a little bit more again, go to my website. There are courses there. Have a look. I have created this Yantra and Mantra course. And there are also meditation mantra chanting in that, which you can bring into your meditation practice. Now, the divine masculine and divine feminine I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the physical form. I'm talking about the energetic form. So in our energy body, in everyone's energy body, every human being's energy body, we have divine masculine and divine feminine. And this is so intertwined and it's so connected that physical form really doesn't matter. We're talking about the energetic form. And we're talking about how we can work with that. When we are moving towards our enlightenment, if moving towards enlightenment is basically removing obstacles from our energy body. And it could be from divine masculine side or divine feminine side. Doesn't matter. Okay. Now, you may say that I don't care about enlightenment and that's okay. You can maybe care about your optimal health, your mental health, your uh, tuning into the stillness and peace in your life. If you're looking for all these things, this is going to be very helpful. So understanding your divine masculine and divine feminine within you and connecting with that is going to fill your cup in so many ways. And in my experience that connecting with these deities it's a very powerful experience and it's very profound experience. And it takes our meditation practice to a different level. It, it, we can go quite deep with this. So if you want to ask any questions or anything, please email me via my website, sunitayoga.com. Thank you very much for being here. And also, if you want to learn or know about any deities, email me. Um, I'm happy to share what I understand. Thank you very much for being here. I really, really appreciate your time. And continue your journey with ease and peace. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate that, that you're taking this time out of your day. Don't forget to subscribe. Take care. Bye for now.